This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. And he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Brian, how are you doing this fine Thursday? I am doing well, Robert. Thank you very much for asking. A beautiful day here in Dallas and uh, playing meaningful football. That's all I can ask. It is meaningful football uh, because you, you've got a chance uh, to to set yourself up uh, for a potential division title or maybe even as much as the one seed. Uh, it's not likely, but it's not impossible. Uh, what we're going to be looking for this week, as we've mentioned uh, in recent days, is you're going to look for a victory over the Commanders, a uh, victory by the Giants over the Eagles, and then you're going to need the Cardinals to do you a favor and beat the 49ers. So probably not likely, but it's at the very least, it's possible. Uh, you know, you you could see it. Yeah, uh, the the Cardinal one is not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, uh, you know, they're they're down to their basically their fourth quarterback. They're not playing their receivers. Uh, that Cardinal team is an absolute mess. And um, if we were having to cover that, that would be a painful exercise right now. But we're not covering the Cardinals, covering the Cowboys. And, yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is the one thing that I've been real consistent about with Philadelphia is until they win a game, you got to keep playing. You just got to keep playing. And Mike McCarthy's come out and said, hey, we're trying to win this football game. And you know what? If you actually made a coach, if you gave Mike McCarthy truth serum right now, I think he would tell you that he's happy his team is having to play a game. Uh, I, I, I understand rest and I understand health, and but coaches are a different breed. Yeah. They they don't know how to handle the pull back aspect of their teams. They don't because everything is gauged on go, move, keep going, keep surviving, keep going, keep moving, and that's where I think that coaches get in a little bit of trouble. Look what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Yes, they're dealing with injuries. But they're also in a mode where they've been trying to win games. They've tried to win to clinch this thing for three weeks now, and it hasn't worked out for them, you know. And 
maybe Philadelphia having to play this game to beat the Giants to win the division and get the number one seat in the big picture thing for them might be the best thing. It might be the best thing because if you're going to sit for two weeks or three weeks and rest and manage and do all that, teams have failed at doing that. That has been a very, very difficult task. So I think if you ask Mike McCarthy right now secretly, he would tell you he's happy his team, A, has a chance to win the division, and B, gets to keep playing. Yeah, I think that that's, that's true. And we talked a, a little bit on uh, Wednesday when we recorded about, you know, there's still positives to, to playing in this game regardless of the, the seeding. Things like, you know, the, the offensive line cohesion, the, the continued development of Dak and T.Y. Hilton's chemistry, Nashawn Wright getting more reps. You mentioned Damone Clark getting yeah. those reps. That This is all stuff that can absolutely help you as you head into the playoffs. And as the Cowboys head into the playoffs, we're going to take a look uh, at a, a bit of a broad question, one that's a lot more positive and another that's uh, probably a little negative and, and will give you some Cowboys PTSD. But I want to lead off this first segment, Brian, by talking about reasons that you should feel optimistic about a Cowboys Super Bowl victory this year, the things that as they head into the playoffs are working really well for them and the things that really will challenge some of these other contenders here in the playoffs. So for you, Brian, what is the the number one area of this team that you feel really good about as they head into this playoff run? I actually have a couple of them, but the one that I really probably appreciate the most is their ability to continue to turn teams over. They're finding ways. Maybe they're not getting off the field on third down like they once were with this pass rush. They still create turnovers. You know, they still have that ability, and it happened at a key point in the Jacksonville game. What did they do? Curse created a key turnover to give Dallas back the ball uh, on a fumble uh, from Trevor Lawrence. You know, when the game was on the line, what did they do? They came up with a turnover, you know. So we've seen this team find ways uh, to uh, turn the opponent over, and I think that's been something that – you know, last year it was all about their turnovers and all the talking heads or the football pundits kept telling me you can't have back-to-back years of leading the league and getting turnovers. Can't have it. It Usually it's you have a ton of them and then it comes back to reality. I, I don't think you could say that anymore about the Cowboys. They led the league in turnovers, uh, getting turnovers last year and they're the team right now. And so to me... I think that's something the pass rush or lack of is a concern, but the fact even without the pass rush, they've been able to turn people over, I think says a lot about them going forward. The turnovers have been huge for them um, because they, they were in the first half of the season. I think we were talking about, well, it's a stingier defense. It's a a tighter defense than last year, uh, but they're not quite getting the turnovers that they had last season. Now it's, it's kind of reversed back a little bit. Now you're giving up some chunk plays, but you're an opportunistic defense that takes the ball away. Um, The first 11 games of the season, Brian, they had 16 takeaways. The last five games, they have 16 takeaways. So it is. Yeah, that's amazing. Ratchet it up. It's amazing. And just think of how better they would be to the plus side if they didn't have the turnovers on offense. You know, I mean, if you just were, you know, if, if, 
they they didn't have those the interceptions and and things like that. So, um, yeah, I that's that's the stroke of positivity for me uh, when you look at this Dallas Cowboys team. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed one hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How do you feel about uh, something that I think is getting a lot better, something that we it looks like we, we've ironed out a little bit and something that I think you can feel confident about is the, the communication issues between Dak and the receivers seem to have lessened than we were dealing with maybe six weeks ago, yeah. um, where it was some of this, this guy goes this way and the ball is going this way. And, and it seems like they're getting on the same page and reading things. But one of the things that I have felt like all along, and I've, I've referenced this quote so many times here, I've referenced it on the G-Bag Nation, I've referenced it on Sean and RJ when I've been there, is what CeeDee Lamb told us way back in the summer which is when he said, I feel like if I'm not getting going, this offense isn't getting going. And I think that what you've seen is, I feel like what we've seen here in the second half is is playing out that the Cowboys in the playoffs will go as deep as the connection between Dak and CeeDee Lamb can take them. And if that's on and clicking, they've got a really good shot. And I think that that's the encouraging thing is right now their connection looks great. They they are they are clicking on on all cylinders in a way that we haven't seen from them the three years they've played together. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I'd give Robert Prince some credit here for, for the development um, with these receivers. I know earlier that, you know, with the number of targets that were going to CD lamb and you were having some struggles with some of the connections, you know, you had some interception problems and stuff and you're right. We haven't seen that, you know, in the last several games, and but I'll give Robert Prince a lot of credit. They were they were looking for somebody to kind of pull this group together. And you know you're still waiting on Michael Gallup. And it, 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 this was a tough season for Michael Gallup. I, I think so. I think coming back from the knee injury and stuff. I think him and Britt Brown did a great job. But when you talk about C.D. Lamb, it really is. It's very much like what we saw. C.D. Lamb at Oklahoma, that's what we were waiting for. That's what on a lot of draft boards, I think that, uh, you know, he was the top receiver for that reason. That was the run after catch. It was C.D. Lamb on the move. It was C.D. Lamb finishing routes. Um, you know, the one thing that that they've kind of figured out is don't let him be a stationary player. Make him move. Make him have to uh, to make the defense have to adjust to where he is. And I, 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 that was one of my challenges for Kellen Moore and the staff going into the season was find ways to get CeeDee Lamb the ball when he can play on the move. And that I think they've done a really nice job with. 
And like I said, I want to give Robert Prince some credit for maybe some some of the influence that he might have had with Kellen Moore, Doug Nussmeyer, and the other coaches. I think one of the other things that you uh, have to feel positive about is not only what Tony Pollard's been able to do in the running game this year, uh, but the way in the second half of the season, he's really turned into a, a dual threat um, and has had a couple really big games catching the ball. So that it's one of those things where even if he's not getting going in the running game, but there's a problem there, there's still an impact that he can have catching the ball and and challenging defenses that way. And, and he's proved to be a tough cover for them. Is that area right there, or how much more do you think that helps the offense as they head into the playoffs and makes them a challenge to cover is, hey, this isn't just, you know, Tony Pollard, the runner, which is difficult enough for you guys to game plan for, um, but he can catch the ball in space. He can make moves. He can make you miss, and the Cowboys are willing to take advantage of that now. Why do I feel like they've wasted three years of his career not playing? They, like did. The, they did. They really did. They really did, and and I know if you listen to this podcast or you listen to me on 105.3 The Fan, you've heard me say this before. Jerry Jones did not like my question about wasting his career. He did not like that at all. But the the realization of what we see right now is they wasted three years of his availability because you watched him come out of Memphis. You knew he could catch the football. You knew that. You know, but what we've learned about him is as a runner, you know, he, Tony Pollard is not a small guy. We no. all feel like that Tony Pollard is a light, slight player. He's not. And, you know, you can hand him the ball inside. Now, do you want to hand him the ball in every third one? No, You, but you want to find ways to get him involved. You want to find him the way to get him in space. And the shame of this all is, and it could be to the benefit of the Cowboys at least this year, but they did figure out you could use him in the passing game. When the running game isn't going for him, you can find a way to throw him the ball in the flat. You can throw him, uh, you know, if you're scrambling and you, th- you know, he's out there by himself, you throw him the ball. And what should be a four yard play is an 18 yard play. You know, that's, that's what they figured out about Tony Pollard. And it's a shame that, that it took, it took last year, Zeke having to play with a bad knee in order them to like, well, we don't want to go through that again. And it once they started incorporating Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard became the four-minute back to finishing games, they became a better football team. They became a better offense. And I'm not going to – I will give the offensive coaches credit for this year, but they are three years behind what they could have done with this guy. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Uh, it's good that they're taking advantage of it now, but it does definitely make you feel like that was a lot of wasted time before. But yeah. look, if they, they are able to make this click and they're able to use him as a, a big-time weapon into the playoffs and, and it ultimately leads to a Super Bowl victory, obviously nobody's going to complain too much about that. The, the other aspect of this, the, the final one that I think is interesting to note um, in terms of the positive things to think about is We've talked a lot about T.Y. Hilton, and I don't want to overreact to just two weeks, but it does feel a little bit now, Brian, like they've got the, that's your guy. If you really need to find a safety, like I trust he's going to be in the right spot, run the right depth, everything else on third and seven, that guy can be T.Y. Hilton. It really feels like he's got a chance to be that guy who can make the catch in overtime against Green Bay or run the route that you need to run 
against Green Bay or whoever else. I, I think what T.Y. Hilton's adding here is is really huge for their prospects heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, this team was hunting a different type of player at receiver. And you look at what they did the last really two months of trying to recruit Odell Beckham. They knew they needed a loose play player. And that I thought maybe that would be Turpin, but it wasn't. It wasn't Turpin. They figured out, well, you know, and you're right. Where I what opened my eyes was the fourth and three play at Green Bay. I'm like, who? You know, they tried to get the ball to Pollard, but it wasn't a play. It was just, it was just a hope and a prayer. Now, now you see, ever since that T.Y. Hilton has been on the field, they had a vision for what they needed, whether that's T.Y. Hilton or Odell Beckham. It just so happened that T.Y. Hilton was the healthier of the two. And now they've got that guy. And I'm glad to see that when he is on the field, you throw the ball his direction, good things happen. We've seen that in a short body of work. T.Y. Hilton, throw him the ball, first downs happen. And I kind of feel like, though, that we're going to continue to see more of T.Y. Hilton. You know, T.Y. Hilton needs to be in all the 11 personnel stuff. You know, if they have to pull Gallup off the field on a third down just to make sure that they get a first down, by all means, do whatever you have to do to make that work. But they they found they they had a vision for what they needed. It didn't work out with Beckham. It looks like it's working out with Hilton. Should T.Y. Hilton be the number two target? Uh, I would say he's more reliable than what you have with Michael Gallup. Yes, I do. But every time I I throw a ball to Michael Gallup and it's incomplete, why does it look like he's fighting the ball? Why does it look like there's bad body position? And you know sometimes the ball isn't where it needs to be. But I think what happens with Gallup is he fights the ball. And I don't think he's the most natural catcher of the ball. But I do know that he's capable of making big plays. We saw the game where, you know, uh, geez, was it Indianapolis where Dak was scrambling to his right and, t- uh, you know, Gallup was standing Philly. station. That was, that was Philly, the one in the the, court, the side of the end zone? No, no, I'm talking about before that. He was standing stationary in the middle of the field. Dak sprints to his right. That That's a play, too. But even before that. He's standing stationary in the middle of the field waiting for the ball, and all of a sudden he takes off running, you know, running parallel with Dak, and Dak hits him, and then he goes into the end zone. I believe that was the Colts game. But yeah, that, that's, 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 that's the kind of player you're, you're capable of having, you know? I, I think if you gave Dak truth serum, by the way, again, here I'm using truth serum again, <laughs> uh, but the, I think that he was telling you that pass he caught in Philly was probably going to Tony Pollard in the back of the end zone. He just, the ball happened to, you know, just right there was, <laughs> right there was Gallup to make the play. But Gallup, that, that's what Gallup's capable of. The not a lot of area, catch the football, get both toes down and make a play. But right now he, he fights the ball a little bit and T.Y. Hilton doesn't fight the ball. Obviously, the route concepts matter and everything else. But uh, last question here for you. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm going to run a pretend scenario for you, Brian. Fourth and six. Okay, we're we're let's say we're we're driving for a go ahead score late in the game. It's fourth and six. You're at the opponent's forty, and you've got to pick up a first down. Similar to the Detroit game, the yeah. Detroit playoff game in 2014. Same sort of scenario. You are out there in eleven personnel. Okay, it is Dalton Schultz. 
Lamb, Gallup, Hilton, Pollard in the backfield. Right. What is the ideal order of progression for you of those five targets? I would throw the ball. I would go. I would go uh, Lamb first, Schultz second, T.Y. Hilton third, and, and then whoever's the uh, whoever's uh, the Pollard. Player. Yeah, Pollard. Yeah, so yeah. Gallup would be the last of that progression for you at this moment. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. Man, that's that's, and I don't disagree with you, but it's 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 wild to think where we've come from. You know, not that they broke the bank for him, but I mean, this is a guy they just gave a five-year, sixty-two million-dollar contract to. He, and and you know what? Next year he might be even better. I mean, yeah. it, it, the the there was clearly a lack of confidence when you talk to people. He that Monday night game they had against the Giants. What was that in week three? You know, yes. and that's when he was supposed to come back. He mentally wasn't ready to go talking to people in that about that. They, yeah. that they felt better about week four and uh, him being involved. So there was clearly early in this year a lack of confidence about that. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.